There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So I was in the shower. I was cleaning my ass and making all the shirts all sparkly. Thank you, Clint. I'm not the funny one. I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. music, wine, and then loop up the glory hole is like a, a like big theater. I imagine you're going to do Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. Uh, we're not sluts. We just love love. Welcome back to another week here at By the By. We are still on holiday. That's right. We are somewhere in the Pacific Ocean, hopefully not adrift. <laughs> but if we are adrift, hopefully we have entertainment and pina coladas. So, yes, we are still on holiday. Um, and still coming up is our pendulum party on February 17th. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, get it now. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be the lead into Pride. And if you want to come to our pre-party, let us know. It's free for everybody, but we just want to make sure that we can control the numbers. So it is invite only. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a bouncer at the door and everything. Yeah. It's gonna, wow. Uh, so, yeah. Also, if you want to join us on our Discord chat, you can go to www.patreon.com slash by the by podcast. Support us at any level. You will get a invite into our Discord at Chatterino. Yes. Yes. And for this week's podcast, we are once again going back into the way, way back machine. We are going back to where we took the Myers-Briggs test. And we talked about what that meant for us and our lifestyle and, I don't know, all things Myers-Briggy. Yeah. We are, we are Myers-Biggs <laughs> on the Myers-Briggs. Uh-huh. I don't know. But yes. So enjoy this episode and we will see you for a brand new episode, probably, next week. <laughs> see you next week. Let's jump right in. I literally have no idea how long this is going to take. Okay, well, let's do it. So this is, could be one of those podcasts that's over in like 15 minutes, or it could be <laughs> one of those ones that, you know, two hours later, you're going, you know, I have to listen to this whole goddamn thing and yeah. to edit it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So who out there has heard of the Myers-Briggs test? I'm going to guess most people. Me too. Although saying that, is it as much of a thing for millennials and People younger growing up, because it was a big thing when I was growing up. It was a big thing when I was starting work. Yeah. Like all of our workplaces, we would have to take Meyer Briggs tests. They would do team building things where you would take them. And I know that that still happens some, but is it as big of a thing for the younger generations as it was for us? And that's a great question. Look, um, we, the, we didn't do our homework. We didn't ask young people, so we don't know. We didn't. <laughs> uh, we did ask our Discord group, which includes all of us oldsters and a lot of youngsters. That's true. There so are some. there's a wide age range on our Discord chat, and we got a lot of, uh, of folks saying what they were. Yeah. So they either went out and took the test or they knew. For our generation, the Gen Xers, we basically all of us knew what we were from a very young age. 
So it was originally developed by two Americans, Catherine Cook Briggs and Isabel Brig Myers. And they started their research in the personality in 1917, blah, 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 blah. First published in 23, 1923. Look, oh, good. I thought you meant 2023. Yes, 2023. Yeah. I mean, people listening to this in the future are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's plausible. Yeah. Right now it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't real. Uh, look, so we're going to say we're not psychologists. And there are a lot of problems with Myers-Briggs, including confirmation bias and things like that, where you... Some people have compared Myers-Briggs to the horoscopes, right? You read what you want or you see something and you're like, oh, that's a positive trait and it's positive about me. One of the things I do like about the Myers-Briggs tests is that they have negatives as well. Mm -hmm. They look at the negatives as well. Now, some of the negatives aren't terribly negative, but, you know, it's not it's fun to play with. Yeah. And and that's the way I look at this is if you get something out of it that makes you a better person, then yay. If you don't, well, look at it purely as entertainment. You don't watch the movie Titanic by <laughs> James Cameron and assume that you understand the, all the intricacies of the title ship. Fair enough. Quick overview on Myers-Briggs, if you don't know about it, is it basically categorizes us all. <laughs> it puts us into our little boxes where we need to be. How many little boxes are possible? 16. Okay. And it's based into things that uh, you're asked a question like, I feel really strongly about this or less strongly or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So out of all the people in the world, if everybody were to take it, would we be evenly distributed amongst the 16 boxes or are there some that are more common than others? That's a wonderful question. And I encourage our listeners at home to do the research <laughs> themselves. <laughs> Damn it, Angela. Um, look, realistically, it's not an even distribution amongst people. Uh, it's it's just not. I mean, most things aren't, right? Right. So so we've got these 16 categories, which is then broken down into four, basically this or that's. The first one is e extroversion or introversion. And so for extroverts, they mean this as outward turning. People who tend to be action-oriented, enjoy more frequent social interactions, and feel energized after spending time with other people, whereas introverts are inward-turning. So they tend to be more thought-oriented, enjoy deep and meaningful social interactions, and feel recharged after spending time alone. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the E versus the I. Next up, we have sensing versus intuition. And people who are sensing tend to pay a great deal of attention to reality, particularly to what they can learn from their own senses. They focus on facts, details, and getting hands-on experience. Whereas people who are more intuition pay more attention to things like patterns and impressions. They enjoy thinking about possibilities, uh, imagining the future, and abstract theories. Are you guessing where, where we lie? <laughs> uh, if only we could pause and get like feedback to see what people think. I know, I'd love to know. <laughs> yeah. um, and those are S and N, sensing and intuition. Then we have thinking or feeling. So this is how people deal with, make decisions based on information. So people who prefer thinking are, uh, place a greater emphasis on facts and objective data. They tend to be consistent, logical, and impersonal when weighing a decision. Whereas people who prefer feeling are more likely to consider people and emotions and when arriving at a conclusion or decision. Mm -hmm. So that's T or F, thinking or feeling. Uh, and then lastly, we have judging and perceiving. So this is people who lean towards judging prefer structure and firm decisions. People who lean towards perceiving are more open, flexible, and adaptable. 
So it's important to remember that all people at least spend some time engaged in extroverted activities, even if they're introverts. Sometimes they're forced to do extroverted activities. And the judging perceiving scale helps describe whether you behave like an extrovert when you're taking on new information, sensing and intuiting, or when you're making decisions, thinking and feeling. So again, you'll, you might see some of yourself. And ultimately, I want to focus on just Angela's and myself, mm -hmm. but I'm going to talk about real quick the 16 archetypes. And if you're a Dungeons and Dragons player or any kind of RPG, or you may love this. I loved this going through this. I actually really enjoyed seeing this. Yeah. yeah. So Angela, what are you? You're a ENTJ. ENTJ. So that would be someone who's an extroverted, based in intuition, thinking and judging. Whereas I am an ENFP, extroverted, intuition, feeling and perceiving. I'm going to jump around. So the ENTJ. Me, for everyone out there. The ENTJ is the commander. Yes. As a personality type. Whereas the ENFP is the campaigner. So I'm going to go through. Is anybody out there surprised? I don't think so. I'm going to go through and talk about what, or just basically say what the four letter code is and then what you are. You can look it up at home or pause it, go take the test right now. If you want to do that, uh, if you Google 16 personalities, it's www.16personalities.com. It's a free test. Hit a big bubble in the top right says take the test. It's free. And then you can follow along at home. So ISTJ, the inspector. ISTP, the crafter. Mm. ISFJ, the protector. Okay, okay. ISFP, the artist. INFJ, the advocate. INFP, the mediator. INTJ, the architect. INTP, the thinker. ESTP, the persuader. ESTJ, the director. ESFP, the performer. ESFJ, the caregiver. ENFP, the champion. Although, again, when I found it, it was the campaigner, but I also like champion. ENFJ, the giver. ENTP, the debater. ENTJ, the commander. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, all of those sound good. I think we need all of them in life. I concur. I'm going to read from 16personalities.com some of the romantic relationships information. Oh, my God. For each of us. Is this going to be good, bad, funny? We're going to find out. We're going to find out because I read <laughs> mine. I haven't read yours. Awesome. Cannot wait. We'll start with Angela, the commander. <clears throat> As in other areas of lives, commanders approach dating and relationships with a set of goals and a plan to achieve them and proceed to do so with impressive energy and enthusiasm. People with the commander personality type are in it to win and will gladly take leading roles in relationships from the start. Assuming personal responsibility for how smoothly things go and working actively to ensure a mutually rewarding experience, romantic relationships are a serious business and commanders are in it for the long haul. Yeah, serious business. 
Uh, so I no I, joking allowed. I read that and like, look, some of it is clearly you. Some of it's not. Like you were not in it for the long haul to begin with. You are now. No, but that was also part of my goal. Was I didn't want to be in it for the long haul. Oh my gosh, so what this if is your, great. What if your goal <laughs> contradicts like what it says you're supposed to be doing? I love it. Uh, but look, taking the lead, I think, is something that is clearly you. Yeah, I often do. Uh, once again, I'm I'm imagining you at OSS, you know, taking your clothes off and going, "Okay, folks, we're going upstairs." And much like the, the, what's his name? The Pod Piper of Hamlin. Yeah. You bring the people along. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. We got to do this naked thing. Get the party started. And also, if you think about like taking the lead and like that kind of thing, even when we started hooking up and when we started dating and, and going through our relationship, I think it was a bit mutual, but it was also very, especially the very beginning, it was driven by me more so than you. Agreed. And this next line is sort of d- describes it, I think, beautifully. Okay. okay. Commander personalities keep their eye on the long term, and if they determine that a relationship is heading towards a dead end, they will cut their losses and move on in what will seem to their partner an abrupt end to the attention they have been receiving. Oh, that's like my first two marriages. Exactly, right? And it was also, if you recall, back to when we started to get serious. So we've been hooking up for a number of months and starting to get a bit more serious and, you know, definitely more friends and getting along and spending the nights and things like that. And you were a social smoker. And I had decided because my previous partner, one of my previous partners was a smoker. And I had decided that it's not something I wanted in my life. I didn't want a permanent partner who was a smoker. It just wasn't something that was on the cards for me. And because you did smoke socially, which wasn't as much, but still, once we started to get serious, I basically told you that if we were going to be serious, if we were going to continue this, that you needed to give up smoking or we were going to break up. It's true. And it was really unfair because it was like you were standing naked in a doorway backlit mm-hmm. and you know, it was just, that's unfair. So I, yeah, I stopped smoking. Yeah. But it was, <laughs> I, I knew that if this was going to be a long-term thing, I didn't want that as a long-term thing. So a decision had to be made and you made the right decision. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> which, which leads into the next sentence. The occasional ruthlessness with personal <laughs> relationships is commander's primary weakness. And if they aren't careful, they can develop quite the reputation. Sensing others' feelings and emotions will never be a comfortable skill for commanders. Mm. But it is critical that they work consciously to develop it, both for their partner's sake and for their own healthy emotional expression. If they don't, they risk dominating and overruling their partners. And this insensitivity can easily break up a relationship, especially early on. I would agree. And I will say that while I'm nowhere near perfect and have lots and lots of room to grow, I am better than I was at this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're like a, a like a million miles higher like, than where you were when we first started dating, and you were great then. Yeah, I, I've tried. I've, I've actually made an effort at this because I know it's not a strong suit of mine, but I also know that it's an important skill in life, both personal relationships, professional, all relationships, really. So it is something that I've actively tried to work on, and I, and I know I still have miles to go, but... I just love Better. this. This again goes back to the, how this is accurate. One of the lines in the one of the next paragraphs is commanders are extremely growth oriented and will seize any <laughs> opportunity to improve themselves, listening to and acting on criticisms. It's true. Very true. It's just great. I love it. Yeah. So talking about commanders and loving boldly, people with the commander personality type will continue to impress with their creativity and their energy. Very true. 
Their authentic confidence makes commanders' sex lives dynamic, to say the least, and they often push to explore new ways to express their affection with imaginative enthusiasm. I think you need that on a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I push to explore new ways to express my affection with imaginative enthusiasm. Yeah. I mean, you got it, right? I mean, I guess you don't got it, but it's more fun. I love it. Oh, why not? I love it. Let's have fun with this. We're only here once. I as well enjoy it. Do weird shit. Do kinky stuff. <laughs> do, do weird shit. Do quirky things. <laughs> Whatever. As with most things, balance is key, and commanders should strive to meet their partners halfway, whatever their needs, be it through honest criticism or steady emotional support and praise. Aww. How do you think I do at that? I think you're pretty damn good. Again, I think uh, I'm better. I will say that... You occasionally give me honest criticism when I don't necessarily ask for it. <laughs> uh, maybe, and give me steady emotional support when I always need it. But, you know, it's yeah. okay. I, I will say that I think that's something that over time, and maybe as I've aged and as I've gone through relationships, that, that these are things that I am very much aware of in my personality type. And so I do try to actually better them. Yeah. Whereas, you know, when I was younger, it was just like, oh yeah, that's just the way it is, whatever kind of thing. And and I think that's just an age thing, a time thing, kind of looking at relationships and saying, okay, what's going on? And you know, is it me? And yeah, sometimes it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. I mean, that's the same. I, I try to do I, mean, I think that happens for everybody, right? So real quick, I like this line. Commanders are best match with other intuitive types with one or two opposing traits to create more balance in their relationship. Which is great because you're Ian something something and I am ENFP. ENTJ. Yeah. Our last two are different. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's. Uh, See, we're balanced. Look at us. We're yeah. balancing. Yeah. So to the campaigner. Uh-huh. Me. No. I love the opening line. It's hard to overstate just how much campaigners, ENFPs, care about love. <laughs> This is a passionate, warm, open-hearted personality type, one that brims with hopes and dreams, ideas and experiences. And campaigners can bring every ounce of this vibrant energy to the romantic relationships. Uh, For campaigners, romantic relationships are beautiful and exhilarating, an opportunity for two or more souls not only to explore the world together, but also to connect on the deepest of levels. Campaigners harbor a deep longing to share their lives with another person, which I will agree with that. Mm -hmm. As a result, these personalities may feel a bit empty or uninspired when they're single. While their dedication to relationships is admirable, campaigners may need to guard against investing too much of their sense of self into the relationship status. Dum, dum, dum. Do you see that as a problem for yourself? Look, no, not as much as I used to because you drew such strong lines in the sand a long time ago. So I think because from the beginning, you being what the, the commander, you made it very clear that you had your stuff, I had my stuff, and we had our stuff. And so I needed that to sort of make sure that like, oh, cool, yeah, you've got your thing, I'll do my thing, and it's okay for us to do those individual things. Yeah, that that we can have separate interests, that we can have time apart, different things that we're working on, that not everything has to be completely shared and joined, which right. I think is only healthy because we are different people. Yeah, absolutely. But a lot of people do get wrapped up in that in relationships and they think that the other person has to be their entire world. They have to do everything together and then you kind of lose your sense of self. Yeah. And that's not good. Very true. When campaigners are interested in someone, they rarely hold back. People with this personality type tend to fall in love easily, and they fall hard. 
Campaigners shower their new flame with affection, trusting that the devotion and passion they feel is real. I will agree with that. Does that sound like me? Yes, that does sound like you. Yeah, yeah. Because you, I mean, you've done that with me. You've done that with the gentleman, with other partners. You know, once you're like, okay, I like this person. I really want this to go somewhere. Then you really focus on that. And you're like, yeah, and you you make an effort. And, and you're there, you're all in. And it's like, what do I need to do? And you do it. Yeah. Sometimes then I get bored. And <laughs> if you can make it through the boredom session, if you can make it through the boredom phase, you become permanent like Angela, the gentleman, and Leo. <laughs> then you can't get rid of me. Yeah. Optimists at heart, campaigners are undaunted by the practical challenges and inconveniences of new partnership. This might explain why they generally don't shy away from long-distance relationships. In their mind, physical distance is no match for the power of true love. How romantic. Aww. Campaigners sink into their joys of a new relationship's honeymoon stage, constantly looking for ways to prove their dedication and delight to their partner. Like the limerence phase? That's me. (laughs) For better or worse, not everyone can match this personality type's ardor and intensity. Some people just need more space. (laughs) Whether physical, emotional, or both. And yeah, I get that. Totally. Have you ever had partners that said that to you that were just like, you're too full on. We need, I need some space from you. Not it's too much. No, yeah. but I think that it's been very clear that that's, that no one's actually said that to me, mm. but it's been very clear that it was okay. said or implied. Yeah. So then I like this as well. When the flames of romance start to flicker or wane, as happens in nearly every long-term relationship, campaigners might worry that their devotion has been misplaced and the match isn't meant to be after all. And it's really funny because I even see that with us. If we go through a period of time that's a lull, I start to really think like, oh, well, I should have done better. I should have tried harder. I should have <laughs> been more this. And it's it's such a funny thing how our brains are. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but then we get through it and then it's it's true. Good. It's true. Yeah. I mean, all relationships have their ups and downs and times that you're in sync and times that you're out of sync. It's just recognizing that and then not always giving up when you're out of sync. I mean, there's there's out of sync when you're truly the, there's actually a problem. And yeah, you probably should. But there's just normal out of sync that happens. And it's like just just work to get back to in sync and get back to where it's a good thing. And, and then you're good again. Yeah. But don't give up in that meantime. It's very true. I think this kind of sums it up really well. Campaigners know that lasting love takes effort and commitment, but they may become alarmed when the work of being in a relationship starts to feel like, well, work. Mm. And for me, I would replace alarmed with bored. That's my biggest problem is as soon as it becomes work, I'm always like, ugh, well, let's find something different. Well, that was fun. Time to move on. (laughs) Isn't that horrible? (laughs) And I know that about myself, so that's good. And yeah, and yeah, I just, I know that I do that and it's, it's bad. So when you get bored in a relationship, what do you do? And is it different for like, say, personal relationships, work relationships? With, I'm um, terrible with work relationships. If I get bored with a work relationship, I just sort of let it wane. Mm-hmm. If it's not constantly doing something, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, well, oh, well, find a new one. Yeah. Then with personal relationships, if I get bored, I try to keep novelty or, I try to keep the communication up. Mm. And if I'm communicating, that means I'm at least interested in some way. Right. So if the person I'm talking to is doing the same thing I'm doing, it becomes a problem because if I'm bored, 
and they appear to be bored, then why are we even here? Yeah, yeah. Whereas what's beneficial with the two of us is I'm really good at the beginning developing relationships. You're really good at maintaining the relationships, which we've talked about on the podcast before. And so I can start the fire and as soon as I get bored with it, you've picked it up and started doing things with it. Yeah. And then it becomes interesting again to me at some point and then it becomes more permanent. Yeah, that makes sense. It's really weird. Yeah. But I know that's how my brain works. But that's also why we work well together. And especially when we're looking at, you know, the, the swinging world and, and meeting other people and bringing other people into the fold. Yeah. This one is 100% me. Oh, God. I'm curious. In settled relationships, campaigner personalities may find themselves longing for the days when they and their partner were more focused on candlelit dinners than who was going to empty the dishwasher. <laughs> 100% me. For campaigners, such issues can seem painfully unromantic, but unless these types take on their share of the responsibilities and help keep things running smoothly, they may actually amplify any stress and resentment in the relationship. I think we do okay with that. I think, I hope so. I think we, we have a pretty balanced. I feel like you do more work than I do, but. Uh, but it's a different kind of work, right? Like, I think we have a pretty balanced way of approaching the monotonous tasks of life and households and things like that. And, and I don't really feel like that. I mean, I can say 100% that that's never a point of contention for us. No, that's very true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say that every other relationship that I've had, that's been a point of contention. And yeah. it hasn't been with us, which is so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish more people had it that way. Uh, it's, and it's I hope a lot true. of you out there do. Me too. Me too. So fortunately, campaigners can find ways to balance their spontaneous, passionate nature with the stability and consistency that long-term relationships require. With their trademark sensitivity and goodwill, these personalities can transform even the most mundane tasks into creative, heartfelt expressions of love. Jaw. Oh, how sweet. Let's take a quick break and then we will come back and talk about the effects that our personality types reveal what they reveal about our sex lives. Ooh. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey. Yeah, I'm back. What are you doing? Mm, you surfing the web, eh? Listening to a podcast? Looking at websites on your phone, hopefully not driving at the same time because that's ridiculous. He's dangerous. Don't do that. Anyway, while you're surfing, why don't you go to adamandeve.com? They have all you need for all your sexy, sexy things. 
They have like the, the toys and they have toys for him, toys for her, toys for both of you, toys that it doesn't matter who you are. They've got something that you might want to play with or dress up in lovely lingerie for doesn't matter your gender. When you go to adamandeve.com, use checkout code by the by. That's B-Y-T-H-E-B-I. And when you do, you'll get an item at 50% off. Not only that, you'll get everything in your package sent absolutely free. That's right. No shipping. You'll also get videos on demand and some extra stuff thrown in your box so that you can play with it. It's going to be great. Go to adamandeve.com. Use checkout code by the by. That's B-Y-T-H-E-B-I. And, uh... Tag us on Instagram. Show us what you bought. Tag us on Twitter. Send us a message on Facebook. Email us. Smoke signals. Or maybe just drive by our house and say, Yo, by the by, we bought a giant vibrating dildo. Okay, maybe don't do that because the neighbors will be like, can, can you stop those people? They keep doing that. I mean, I mean, they might be interested in it. I'm trying to be sexy over here. <laughs> Damn it. We might have some kinky neighbors. You never know. Angela. Man, I'm doing my radio voice. <laughs> adamandeve.com by the by are you looking for a new game to play with all of your sexy friends or even your you know not so sexy friends hell maybe even your parents I don't know I'm not going to judge you you're looking for a game grandparents that's right you're looking for a game to play have we got the game for you curious humans it's a wonderful questions and answers game where basically you get a question and everybody says whether or not they think you're going to say yes or no, and it doesn't matter what you say. It's going to be fun either way. Curious Humans, if you want to give it a go, go to www.curiouhumansgame.com and uh, pick which one you want. Like, there's all kinds of add-ons, and you can get the base game, you can get the Australian version, which is hilarious. And when you do, use checkout code by the by. That's B-Y-T-H-E-B-I, and you know what you'll get? You're going to get 10% off your order. That's right. And we do ship worldwide. CuriousHumansGame.com Okay. So, what your Myers-Briggs personality type reveals about your sex life? Well, that's what we all care about. I mean, that's all that really matters, right? Relationships are one thing, but come on. Sex is sex. This was an article from TheObserver.com from 2018. December 2018, when apparently news was really slow because COVID hadn't happened yet (laughs) and there was nothing else they could talk about. So they're like, hey, what if we did an article called What Your Myers-Briggs Personality Type Reveals About Your Sex Life? Cool. And? So, appetite for adventure. Percentage who are sexually adventurous. The highest percentage at 84%. ENTJ, the commander. (laughs) Fucking shocker. Still in the top half, but near the bottom of the top half is ENFP, the campaigner, at 71%. Interestingly, the lowest, I will say the lowest and highest if they're not us, the lowest is ISFJ, the defender, at 63%. So I still think 63% is pretty, that's pretty high. Yeah, that's pretty high, I would say. So, yeah. And because of this, this is based around the left-hand side of this list are all the E's. And that's because this says extroverts are 10% more adventurous in bed than introverts. Having met many people who claim to be introverts Mm -hmm. and had sex with them, I'm going to disagree with that. 
I don't know. I don't feel like I have sex with more extroverts than I do introverts. I feel like I, my sex is equal. Yeah, I'm not sure that I could ever quantify that. However, just as a side note, I did find the gentleman's from when he took it. Oh, good. What is he? He's the debater, ENTP. He is an he is a master debater. <laughs> ENTP on this list is a 74%. Okay. So he is literally halfway between you and me. I love it. Oh, he's a good boy. ENFP, me. That's mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most willing to experiment with the same gender. Hmm. Shocker. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> ENFPs are known for being curious, adventurous, and open-minded. And these traits translate to the bedroom. Of all 16 personality types, ENFPs ranked as the most willing to get down and dirty with a member of the same sex. Whether it's a lasting orientation or a one-night stand, ENFPs are the most likely to indulge any sense of curiosity that they feel towards members of their own gender. Yeah, shocker. It's so funny. (laughs) I just think that's so great. So what... The gentleman is the ENTP. ENTP. (laughs) Oh, God, what does it say? Most willing to try anal sex. Anal sex. ENTPs are naturally attracted to the unconventional and taboo. So it's no surprise that their sexual preferences follow suit. This type tops the charts for the most willing to try Anal sex. For interested partners, they may want to turn their attention to ENTJ and ESTP personality types who ranked second or third, well, I guess and third, on this variable respectively. Well, I mean, admittedly, he's very adventurous and will try just about anything, period. He's just (laughs) a boy who can't say no. That's why he's experimental. All right, so let's jump to the commander. ENTJ. Gotta scroll during my lit through my list. <laughs> okay, so yeah. ENTJ. Most willing to use sex toys, role play, and participate in bondage. Does that sound like you? That doesn't sound like you. Uh, <laughs> in typical <laughs> ENTJ fashion, this type seemed willing to try almost anything once. Coming in as the top contender for using sex toys, role play, and bondage, you certainly can't call the ENTJ type vanilla. We, we do have a lot of toys. This personality type also ranked highest on overall appetite for adventure and second highest for most sexual satisfaction. It's no wonder E.L. James, that fucking gun, wrote the infamous character of Christian Grey, as an ENTJ personality. Oh, look, you're Christian Grey. Oh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> but also it kind of makes sense, like the sexual satisfaction part, because we're we're probably much more likely to advocate for ourselves and for what we want. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So I will be satisfied. <laughs> as God is my witness. <laughs> so... Rather than reading through all the rest of them, I'll give the header so that everybody out at home who knows what they are can Mm -hmm. see what they are. Once again, ENFP, most willing to experiment with the same gender. INFP, most difficult to satisfy in bed. Oh, you all, I'm sorry. Try harder. Like, we'll try harder. ENFJ, 
this is kind of sad because we're just the second most willing to use toys. <laughs> you don't, God love y'all. Y'all don't top anything. S- silver medal. Can't even top yourself. <laughs> However, the INFJs masturbate the least often. Oh. ESFP, least willing to experiment with the same gender. ISFP, second most likely to be mistaken about their sexual preferences. Second most likely to be mistaken about their sexual preferences. That's a weird one. I love this. I know what I like. No, you don't. Oh, you're right. (laughs) Weird, but okay. Right. ESFJ, least willing to have a threesome. I feel like some of these are really reaching for something. Although, arguably, I love that ours were at least pretty fucking spot on. ISFJ, least... Adventurous in bed. ESTP. Most likely to enjoy 69. Um, where do we find those people? Arguably. <laughs> I, I will argue that I am very close to that. <laughs> ISTP. Most likely to try a threesome. ESTJ. Highest frequency of sexual activity. ISTJ. Least likely to vocalize what they want in bed. ENTP, most willing to try anal sex. INTP, lowest number of sexual partners. Hmm. And then ENTJ was the most willing to try use sex toys, role mm-hmm. play, yada, yada, yada. INTJ, favorite position is doggy style. I mean, <laughs> I'm, my favorite position is doggy style. I don't brag about it. So when we look at sexual satisfaction, ESTJ, the executive, is the highest at 81%. You are ENTJ, the mm-hmm. commander, second highest, 80%. The gentleman, ENTP, the debater, 63%. And me, the campaigner, ENFP, 72%. So, yeah. Oh, pretty high. All right. Yeah. I'm okay with this. This says extroverts are 11% more likely to be satisfied in bed than introverts. Hmm. Eh. Well, maybe because they're more willing to ask for what they want. Okay, fair enough. I can accept that. I mean, possibly. So now we're just going to go through this really quickly and say what the top one is, because we don't care. what the, It gives the top fives, but these are the personalities most willing to try. A threesome. Most willing? ISTP, the virtuoso. Try anal sex. ENTP, the debater. Try bondage. ENTJ, the commander. The debater is a close second. <laughs> Engage with someone of the same gender. ENFP, the campaigner. Try role-playing. ENTJ, the commander. So that is your Myers-Briggs, what it says about your sex life. So do, have you changed over time? Do you know what you were when you were younger? I was always EN. I think that I used to be... ENTP, mm-hmm. which is the debater. Mm-hmm. And I think that as an adult, I've gone less towards down the thinking and more down the feeling path. Okay. So, yeah. That's interesting because when I took this for this, I had taken it in my early 20s and I was exactly the same. And like when you look at where you are on the scales, I'm almost in the exact same spot. Interesting. Which is interesting because I would have thought that most people would change over time. 
at least a little bit, you know, to, to go slightly different, but no, I wasn't, I was just curious what you did. Yeah, I, I did. I have changed uh, as, as time has mm. passed, but not a lot. So I've got one more th- website here that is each Myers-Briggs type in bed. This is personalitygrowth.com, what each personality type is like in bed. Let's see if we are. ENTJ, the magnetic lover. Your natural aggression is something that translates very well into the bedroom. You are willing to take charge and know how to keep a healthy balance. You have a very creative and intuitive way of making sex interesting for both you and your partner. You don't want things to become too boring, but with you, that is unlikely to ever happen. You may have a tendency to schedule sexual encounters, but make up for it in your ability to keep things fresh. You take your partner on a vigorous and imaginative love-making journey, which they will never forget. Yeah. You remember when we did episode 300 and 301 and Mr. H said he could still like feel how I do my blowjobs? It's true. <laughs> that is correct. I do remember that. I love that you brought that up. <laughs> I will say of all the blowjobs that I have had in my sexy life, my favorite ones come from you. Well, I'm glad because you got a lot more of them to get. Yay. <laughs> Yeah, it is. uh, You are quite talented in the oral region. Well, thank you. Okay, so now ENFP. I am the fervent lover. I don't really know what that means. You require an emotional connection to be able to be fully intimate with someone. Once you have established a connection, you are very enthusiastic and passionate lover. You have a very high sex drive and see it as an opportunity to express yourself fully to someone. You enjoy being able to explore new sides of yourself and don't like to set restrictions in the bedroom. You probably have heard you were the best your lovers ever had, and it doesn't come as a surprise to you. Wait, sorry. No, it doesn't come as a surprise to us. Man, I'm putting words in there. Your creativity and passion in your daily life translates very well into the bedroom. It's not so bad. I'm just the best you ever had. Accurate. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Cannot disagree. Oh, yeah. yeah. I try. <laughs> I try. Yeah. So uh, that one was another one that I thought was interesting. That's great. And I'm not going to read through the rest of it, but if you wish, you should. Do you want to hear what some of the Discord people were? Yeah. Because, of course, we posted this on Discord. And so a bunch of people went on, took the test. So just some examples as we scroll through here. We- you say them and I will remind the listening audience what they're archetype is okay and there's going to be some duplicates of things that's fine so enfp that's you also i mean oh, this yeah. wasn't you this was somebody else who's the same type as you the champion or as we like to call ourselves awesome <laughs> uh isfp that's the artiste mm-hmm. isfp again the artist intj the architect intp the thinker istp the crafter entj the commander. That's you. Yeah. Uh, uh, who was that? Ooh. <laughs> oh, I can see that. Uh, we have ISFJ. The protector. INTP. The thinker. Again. INFJ. The advocate. Uh, somebody who's right on the line of ENFP and INFP. Like 51%, 49%. So you're half a champion <laughs> and the other half of you is the mediator. Okay. ENTP. 
The debater, once again, the gentleman. Yeah. ENFJ. The giver. ENTP, another debater. We have a lot of debaters Master here. Master debaters. Yeah. Look at y'all. INTJ. The architect again. Uh-huh. Uh, swirling down. I think we're getting near the end. Oh, INFJ. There's another one. The, the advocate. Yeah. ENFJ. That is the giver. All right. We've got a pretty good variety yeah, here. Yeah, a lot of variety. Like, it's. I like it. Yeah. It's nice. Variety's the spice of life. I love it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So going back to the very beginning, oh. I was asking about uh, distribution, distribution of personality types. And again, I don't know how, you know, what population they're looking at to determine these, but we'll just go with it. Uh, so as far as the eight individual personality, I guess, groupings. Mm-hmm. So extroverted is 49.3% of people. Introverted is 507 Okay. It's about half and half. Yeah, yeah. Almost evenly split. Yep. Sensing is 73.3 and intuition is 26.7. Oh, wow. So I'm in a minority. Well, both of us are in the minority. Mm-hmm. Thinking is 40.2. Feeling is 59.8. It back into the majority. So, yeah, but close to, you know, near yeah. half. Uh, judging is 54.1 and perceiving is 45.9%. So it's interesting that they're all in the 40s and 50s. So, you know, generally half and half, let's say-ish. Except for the sensing and intuition population-wise, there's a bit more difference there. I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know why that is. If that's a learned thing, if that's a just a, like, is it nurture versus nature? Yeah. Yeah. Dunno. So then I also found a how rare is your personality type? Oh, cool. I love it. Okay. So we're going to start with the most common frequency and population, ISFJ at 13.8%. 13 is the most common? 13.8. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, there's 16 of them, right? Oh, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, what was that? IS? ISFJ. So I, that's the protector. Mm, a lot of protectors out there. Yeah. And it won't come as a surprise that like basically the top of the list is all the S, the sensing ones that were 70 some percent of the population. Fair enough. And then the N's tend to be down towards the bottom. Uh, the next one is ESFJ at 12.3%. That is the caregiver. Protectors and caregivers. And then ISTJ at 11.6%. The inspector. Okay. And then we've got four of them that are all in the 8 to 9% range. We've got ISFP at 8.8. The artist. ESTJ at 8.7. The director. ESFP at 8.5. The performer. And ENFP at 8.1. The Bradford. (laughs) The Bradford special. (laughs) (laughs) Campaigner. Whatever. (laughs) So I think it's interesting that the top ones, there's three that are pretty close. Then there's four that are pretty close. Uh And then we get, I would say, another Three that are close-ish, and then we kind of get down. Uh, so the next one is ISTP at 5.4%. The crafter. INFP at 4.4%. The mediator. And then ESTP at 4.3%. The persuader. Okay. And then we're dropping down into the one, twos, and three percents. Oh, wow. So getting way down there. Yeah. So really the ones that were like at 12 and 13%, that, that's a yeah. pretty significant, relatively, percent of the population. All right, so... The next one is INTP at 3.3%. The thinker. All right. I need- would believe that the number of thinkers out there are lower than, <laughs> than the rest of them. Than the number of protectors. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> ENTP at 3.2. The debater or the gentleman's. Uh-huh. ENFJ at 2.5%. The giver. INTJ at 2.1%. The architect. ENTJ at 1.8%. The commander. Or me. 
And then I and yeah, or the yeah, the commander. Sorry, or the Angela. The Angela. Yeah. <laughs> uh, INFJ at one point five percent. The advocate. So I'm almost the most rare. Wow. Oh, I got one of the most rare ones. Collect them all. <laughs> You're like my Pokemon. But it is interesting, again, because you think like 13.8% is the highest one. And yeah. that's not a lot of the population. But then you look at how it's distributed, and yeah. it's just really fascinating. Again, it's not surprising that most of the S's are at the top, given the percentage, and right. most of the N's are towards the bottom. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I do find it really interesting that I knew that there would be a spread, but I didn't think it'd be as as few down in that one to three percent as almost as there were you know up in the 12 to 13 yeah that's surprising mm. cool yeah. well there you go yeah so it is not evenly distributed in the population not at all it's quite skewed yes <laughs> it's funny mine was eight percent huh yeah hmm. yeah so for every eight of me one of me there's uh, for every one every, of you there's eight of me basically yeah i'll say for yeah because you were 1%, I was 8%. 1.8, so yeah, almost okay. two. There's, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a bunch of me's out there. Yeah, there's not, lesser of me's out there. Not nearly enough of either of and us. And there's somewhere in between of the gentlemen's. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. So join the conversation. Join us over at Discord. Do that by uh, supporting us on patreon.com slash by the by podcast and uh, tell us what your Myers-Briggs results are. Like I said, it's not something that we're saying that you should go out and believe and listen to, but it's fun to chat about it and see like, oh yeah, this is me or that's not me. Yeah. Like anything, it's not going to, not everyone is going to fit into the box nice and neat kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, and not everything in the box is going to apply to you, but it's still just a fun little, you know, thing to kind of, oh, ha ha. Laugh. Yeah. I encourage you to color the box and color outside the lines. It's because I listen to like what you are and you're, vastly different than me all of like your stuff it isn't like a horoscope i couldn't look at it and go oh yeah i can see myself in that so i wouldn't say it's as bad as horoscopes like some people say but mm-hmm. i think yeah i think it's fun yeah so yes go take your test remember it's 16personalities.com we have no affiliation but uh, if you google it that's what you come up with and uh yeah let us know what you get you can message us on instagram on twitter and on facebook we are at by the by podcast or you can email us, theatomsoflove at gmail.com. As we've said before, join us on Discord. Or you can go to our website, www.bythebuy.com.au and click on contact. And you can submit uh, your messages through there. Yeah. Anything else that we want to wrap up with? Thanks for joining us this week and we'll be back next. Yeah. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.